Hi, I'm Dr. Jillian Murphy, a naturopath, healthy-ish lifestyle architect, body joy seeker, and French fry activist. And you're listening to 100% healthy-ish. Here's the thing. As a naturopath and an intuitive eating health at every size health coach, I have seen every angle and end of the health conversation. And after years of clinical and coaching experience, I've developed a framework for feeling good and having fun that I know you're gonna love. To be healthy-ish, we move beyond the boring basics and consider some ish you have never thought of before when it comes to your health. Are you ready? It's gonna be fun. Let's go. Hello and welcome back. I trust you are having a good summer. I know things are winding down for lots of us, but there are still several weeks left. So I hope you're hanging on to them and having a really good time. Um, Back today to talk about moderation, actually. Um, I talked a little bit last month when I did my, my monthly update on this moon challenge that I've been doing And I'll talk more about that in a second. Um, But I talked a little bit about some realizations that I had when it came to food and body. And those realizations really deepened over the course of this month. And it's particularly relevant because we're moving into September, which for many people feels like a new year. And I am going to be offering up a three-week healthy-ish reset, which to be clear is actually four weeks because there's like a prep week and then there's the three-week reset. And so... um, It's relevant because these are the lessons, you know, if I'm honest, the lessons that I've deepened into is what I have been really wanting to share in this reset, but I've been nervous and you'll hear a little bit about, about why that is as we go through today. So for those who are new to these types of episodes, um, I typically do series, whether it's interview series or it's me, you know, hosting a series on something specific related to health, weight food, body. Um, and I took the summer off, but I am still working through, I set a challenge um, starting in May actually, but I kind of confirmed it on my birthday, coming up to my 44th birthday, that I was really going to use the moon cycles really strategically and pragmatically. So, so marrying the woo and the strategic and the pragmatic to work through some longstanding issues with scarcity. And it's been a really interesting situation because as I've been, you know, working on this pattern of scarcity, other patterns of belonging and not belonging and patterns with my body that are longstanding and overcomplicating things. And, you know, again, just scarcity, you know, you know seeing things from a, a lack perspective have been coming up over the past couple of months. So what I'm going to do today, which is what I'm doing every month, just around the new moon is filling you in on everything that happened in the previous month. What were the phases of the moon cycle, starting with the dark moon, which is a reflective period that we've just moved through here, Um, a time to self-reflect on the past month and, and what our intentions were and what we achieved or didn't achieve, what worked, what didn't work, then um, sharing my new moon intention for the month and then going through the different phases and what presented itself, like using life, I'm using my life as a curriculum. And I've thought about this and I've known that this is something 
that was relevant and that I've been quote unquote, like trying to work on for years. But I think without accountability, without documentation, it's so easy to just sort of five days goes by and then another four days and then it's the full moon again. And then, you know, just like time flying by and not actually slowing down to look at what life is actually offering up and learning from it. Like a little bit of that, but also still a lot of reactivity, reactivity, right? Like what's life throwing at me, reacting, dealing, forgetting about it, moving on. Um, and so this year is about me challenging that a little bit and forcing, but forcing is the wrong word, like enjoying holding myself to and in the process. And if I forget about it for a couple of days, which of course I do, cause I'm a human and I get busy and wrapped up with things. I have this in my calendar. I have a document on my computer. It prompts me to tune back in. Um, because it's not just as you'll hear today. And if you've listened to the other episodes, as you've heard before, it's not just new moon, full moon, right? There's all of these different check-in points along the way. So that's what I've been working on. I'll fill you in on this month. I think it's going to be a little bit less winded, long-winded than last month because it was a pretty playful, relaxed, vacation-y kind of month. But like I said, there's still some really interesting revelations Um that I had with my body, which seemed to be the starting point, the thing that that was coming up the biggest in my life, the curriculum that was presenting itself in the biggest way. And like, as I feel like I've managed that, I can see where I want to take these lessons into other parts of my life. So let's, let's just get into it. Okay, so as always, with these episodes, um, I have this document that I keep and I and like I have the big moon moments of the month um, in my calendar and it prompts me to tune in and do some meditation or some reflection work or pull some tarot cards and really just think about why, what life's been presenting me and what I'm learning from it or what I need to work on, what I need to bring to therapy, what I need to talk through with my husband or a friend or my kids or whatever it is. And so I have this document, I have read through it, <laughs> but there's also a little bit of a like meandering path as I go, as I read through it, you know, kind of like live on this episode. I will say that the overview of the month um, is that when the new moon arrived last month, I had very big intentions for deeper connection um, to nourishment and belonging and because it was a new moon in cancer, it was about uncovering our deepest needs. And it was also about integrating, you know, it was about mothering and integrating our deepest needs with who we are as mothers. And that could be to children. For me, it's literally to children, but also to the other things that we birth and create in the world. Um, and so when the new moon arrived, my, the new moon is a time for setting intentions for what we most want. And again, the themes were around deep nourishment, more simplicity with even more abundance, sinking into gratitude and um, connecting with my children. So that was really the goal. And I would say when I look back over this month, there was a lot of, um, you know, as I was reflecting at the dark moon period last month, like everything was just kind of good. And that has a lot to do, I think with the season, it was summer, we happened to be away. We're at a cottage, we're in the ocean every day, 
But also when I look back on the dark moon of last month, we were surrounded by a lot of people. There was also a lot of busyness and a lot of competing needs. So I will say overall though, that it feels, it feels really good. I feel like if I had to reflect on, did my intention come true? I think so. So we can talk through that. Did I realize my intentions? Yes, I believe that I did. Um, so let's go back to the beginning. Dark moon period for um, reflecting on what happened the month before, what was working, what was not working. And again, like I said, there was lots of people around. And so it was kind of difficult to find quiet time to reflect and connect. So I just asked myself two really simple questions. One morning, like what's working and what's not working. And when I journaled on this, what was working, the way that I was eating was really working. Feeling a deeper connection to my body was working. Finding comfort in saying yes and no when it came to food and movement and things that I wanted to do. Um, exploring urges versus true desires when it came to food and movement and caring for my body, that was all really working. And also exploring surface pleasure versus deeper pleasure, meaning, um, you know, that extra glass of wine would give me surface pleasure right now, but is it going to give me, is it going to bring me a deeper pleasure? Is it going to connect me to the deeper wants and desires and intentions that I have for how I feel in my body? So playing around with that, that was all working. And I was super excited to dive even deeper into that for it to be more simple and more fulfilling um, and to learn even more. And then what was not working, not working at that time, nothing was coming to mind at all. It was just like a beautiful morning at the cottage. Uh, there were people staying with us. We were going to have an amazing day. I did pull a tarot card. And interestingly, the tarot card was suggesting to me, I can't remember what it was because I didn't write it down. But the note that I made is that it was encouraging me to focus on personal inner accomplishments. So not necessarily things that might be seen or recognized or validated by other people. And so this felt really affirming because everything that I really wanted to work on, deepening this connection to my body, deepening the relationship that I had with food and movement and self-care and like strengthening that connecting with my kids. Like these aren't things that anyone's going to notice necessarily, especially in the midst of a big family vacation and like clap for allowing things to be more simple for money to continue to flow. Like, you know, these are not things. So, so the tarot card felt great. If you are following along, if you are maybe doing your own moonly challenge, um, just a reminder that the new moon is also a time of action. So we set our intention and then the practical strategic part of this work is we set ourselves an action list. And I'm going to be honest, when I look back at my action list for last month, I, I didn't do a lot of it. It was, you know, my action list was to just journal daily. That was my idea. I'm going to journal daily. And I was going to ask myself, what's feeling simple and abundant today? And I did a little bit of that. You know, what feels simple? What feels abundant? It was a fun journal exercise. What's feeling, uh, what's not feeling simple and abundant? Um, and then reflecting on connecting with my girls. And so what I will say is I didn't journal. I did reflect on these prompts and these questions. 
Um, if not every day, very frequently throughout the month though. So my action list, I was aware that I was away on vacation. There was a lot of people around. Um, it wasn't going to be a time of like a lot of computer work or doing or whatever. So this was the action list I set for myself. And like I said, um, I did it. I just sort of did it in my mind and a little bit less, uh, frequently probably than I wanted to do it, but I did do a little bit of it. Okay. Then we came up to the waxing quarter. The waxing quarter is when the moon is, is becoming more full. And we get to the point where it looks like exactly half full, like a half moon pie, you know? And so this was on July 25th. And typically around the waxing quarter, there's a real challenge to the intention that you set for yourself. And it sort of pressures you to to recommit to the intention that you set. Around this time, there wasn't, you know, any real challenges to like simplicity or abundance um, or connecting to my nourishment. Like that all felt really good. I think that there were, you know, we're in a big group. We're traveling, not traveling together because we're all in one spot, but we're vacationing together. There's lots of feelings. Um, there's lots of like people getting amped up at different moments, uh, getting sucked in occasionally to that kind of vibe of like, you know, panicking about something, but like, not really, not really. It was mostly just awesome days at the beach, beautiful dinners, fun breakfasts, lots of fun time in between. Um, you know, back to the questions that I had, what's not working. There wasn't really anything that was not working or not feeling simple and abundant. Um, things that were feeling simple and abundant, there was just lots of things flowing to us and they were very simple things, but I think that we really need to recognize even the small things. So just really simple things like everywhere we went for about a week, everything got paid for, for us. Like I took my nieces and nephew to the gas station after dinner one night for slushies. They really wanted something for dessert. I said, well, let's go to the gas station. We'll get slushies and we'll get some treats for like a movie later tonight. We were having um, a bit of a sleepover and we got there and we ran into an uncle of mine. Of course, this is like, you know, small Island related to all the people in this village ran into an uncle he gave the kids 20 bucks to buy what they want. Then we get up to the cash to pay for all the stuff, which is definitely like $20 or more worth of stuff. I've got like six kids with me and the, the cashier is just like, Oh, that'll be $9, whatever. And I'm like, you got everything. You got all the slushies. And she sort of winks at me. I was like, yeah, I got them. So she knows my mom. So not only did my uncle give the kids money, <laughs> but like the cashier just didn't even charge us because she knows my mom. Um, we went out to dinner at a pub in the little village that week. And my uncle, just one of my, another uncle showed up and just like took care of the bill. And we didn't realize until later, later in the week, we went to a pool and they only took cash. This is like the village next to the one that my mom and dad live in. And another aunt was working there. And, and just to like preface this, my mother has, uh, 11 siblings there were 13 children in her family 12 living children right now so there are relatives everywhere but the aunt you know I didn't have cash I didn't know what I was going to do she got us all in for free and I mean it's so simple but it was simple and it was abundant you know like we were just 
allowing, and I often have a really hard time allowing people to just pay for things for me and do, do things for me. And so that felt really good, actually. Like when the waxing quarter came, I was like, this is, this is fine. It's really good. Simple, abundant. I felt connected to my kids. Um, it just felt a little bit still. And I got a newsletter from Leandra. I don't know, Leandra Medine. She used to own, or sorry, run a blog called Man Repeller that like sort of, I think, fell out of uh, popularity, but she's still a really funny fun writer. And she wrote this newsletter right at like on this day, talking about the fact that she was feeling like she was in a bit of a non-celestial retrograde, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. Like just in this moment of stillness, like nothing's happening. Are we moving? Are we going anywhere? Um, I kept looking for the big event, the big challenge, but there was just kind of nothing. Um, actually, I just a sip of water. I was again, just really reflecting on the, the the reality that any minor dramas around food or body had become infinitely more simple. My energy was amazing. I was feeling so good in my body. My friend Heather came to visit and we had this great conversation about being projectors. And I just got like revved up about my business again. I took some time to sit down and actually reflect on the data in my business which I was like working in partly while I was away. And I mentioned this in the last episode, like anytime I get any money anxiety, my now first tactic is just to actually look at the data. And so I went into QuickBooks and I was doing invoices and everything was just good. I was like, this is okay. Again, not exactly where I want it to be. I am opening myself up to more abundance, but I believe like what I am learning through all of this is that I need more simplicity and space before that abundance can arrive. And so that's what I've been working on is creating simplicity. And it started in my body and it's moving into other areas of my life, relationships particularly. And I am fully trusting that as it seeps into my business, which it's, you know, we'll get to that, but it's happening. Um, that it's going to, that it's going to lead to the abundance that I'm looking for. And, and this, for those who are familiar with, um, human design is really me sinking into being a projector and living and working differently. So this might not be right for you. Like if you're a manifesting generator or a generator creating this kind of space and simplicity might not be right for you, but for me, it's absolutely needed. Like this is how I best work. Um, and how I can sustain large amount of works. So anyway, that felt really good. And um, I was just reflecting on the simplicity, like last year at this time when I was on PEI, I had, we had come back from two months away in Europe. I was very clear that my business needed to change, but I was very lost. And so I'd given myself kind of a makeshift sabbatical from May until September. And I had no idea what would come next. I had a program that I loved that was filled with so much incredible information and goodness and it wasn't selling and I was tired of trying to make it sell. I had just started working a little bit um, for an eating disorder clinic out of Toronto and that was going well. But like, as far as my brand was concerned, I had no idea where it was going to go. I The core was still there, 
but all of the themes that have come up in the past couple of months around moderation and discipline and permission that I'm going to get into in a minute here, like they were bubbling under the surface and it was clear that my business needed to evolve with a new vibe and a new focus. And I was just really lost. So it was interesting to reflect back on that. And, um, to just feel like I'd actually come kind of far, that there was a lot of simplicity and a lot of space. Um, yeah. And that, you know, reflecting on the data, you know, there was a conversation about money that came up in our family and it caused a tiny little spiral in me, but I'm just even getting better at trusting and being strategic and just like logging in to my finances the next day and staying on top of them and being kind of chill about it. So new moon through the waxing quarter and the waxing phase of the moon felt good. It wasn't as actiony as it can be some months. Um, but we were in the action of connection. I believe we were in the action of, I was in the action of connecting with my family, connecting with my body, uh, and managing any triggers or difficult moments that came up. So then the full moon arrives on August 1st. And I would just felt like I was still in this stillness, this liminal space. Like, is anything going really well? Is anything going really wrong? Like, I don't know. And then Jen, Jennifer Racciopi's newsletter came in. It rolled in and totally perked me up. It was really fun to read. Um, if you don't know Jen's work already, she has a book called Cosmic Health, which is a Bible for me. I love it so much. Her newsletters are amazing. You can sign up for them. So I'm just going to read a couple of like very abbreviated um, pieces of that newsletter. So the newsletter says, uh, today's full moon highlights the all too common dichotomy of discipline creating freedom. It's the beginning of the harvest season in the Northern Hemisphere. Lammas marks the halfway point between the June solstice and the September equinox. We, while a more low-key, often unacknowledged turning point in the year, it holds tremendous relevance, especially right now, given the synchronicity of it coinciding with the, the full supermoon. So that's just saying, you know, Lammas is the exact midpoint between summer and fall. As a reminder, we have two solstices, two equinoxes, and four cross-quarter days each year. A cross-quarter day happens when a season reaches its halfway mark. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the newsletter explains what I just said. Lammas acknowledges that the sun's subtle dwindling will soon give way to shorter days and longer nights. Simultaneously honoring this time of year as a point of peak nourishment, joy, and pleasure. The full moon, the full supermoon in Aquarius is a sign that encourages rebellion in the pursuit of authentic ambition. Often we see rebellion and discipline as opposites, but today's full moon asks us to see them as the same. Tonight's full moon asks for personal reflection, intention setting, and proactive steps towards our goals and aspirations. So for me, what came up in that is that I had been deeply working on a new level of discipline in my body and finding incredible freedom in it. And it was a lesson that I could see bleeding into all the other areas of my life. So like I was saying earlier, it's like I needed to start with my body and then it could move into the other areas. And I think that's just because of who I am and what my bigger like purpose and work in the world is. It's all centered around bodies and weight and food and health. Um, 
And so I made some notes about what I had learned up to this point about, about discipline and freedom and what, why I created healthy-ish, why I evolved my brand, what I believe I am in the best position to teach and to share. And so let me just find the notes and then I'll share them with you. Okay. So I'm just going to read the notes. I'll do my best. I, I sort of wrote them as though I was going to share them as, as, um, slides on Instagram stories or an Instagram post, but I'll just read them and then I'll talk about them. And it feels really nerve wracking to talk about this for some reason still. And I'll just say that we are now at a new moon in Leo, which asks us to be ourselves, like our truest, most honest selves. So in that vein, I'm just going to say what I wrote and we can talk it through. And here we go. So Okay. A few big realizations I've had on our holiday. I always, I find I always have huge realizations when I have time to think and rest and move. I real, I released a podcast about my, my latest moon cycle challenge. So this was last month's podcast that I released. And in it, I talked about the fact that I've been um, working to break cycles of scarcity and overwork. And in that episode, I also talked a little bit about how interesting it's been to see food and body and weight stuff come up, still linked to scarcity and belonging. I talked a lot about the fact that the work that I've been doing in the past month hasn't been around my job or money, but fine-tuning my relationship with my body as this seems to be the foundation. And you can go back and listen to that episode if you want. I was going to save the bigger conversation around this until a few weeks from now when my three-week healthiest reset comes out, but it feels worth sharing now. For a long time, I've taught intuitive eating, and here's what I've seen. I've been a naturopath for 16 years, and uh, it's been 10 of teaching intuitive eating, and here's what I've seen. The first step of intuitive eating is almost always a process of permission. Learning how to say yes to feeding yourself regularly and enjoying food. And this is so, this can be so hard. So many tears, so many fears. Learning how to say yes. Learning how to let food into your body to enjoy. But it happens. Eventually it happens. People find a way to say yes. You'll find a way to say yes to yourself again and allow food into your body with less of a fight. The result is a feeling of euphoric freedom. But then what I see typically happen is people getting stuck in this place, stuck in the yes, with resistance and rebellious feelings about saying no. And while those initial yeses felt amazing, being stuck perpetually in yes starts to have consequences. Just like being stuck in no, in dieting and restriction has consequences, being stuck in yes has consequences. And many of the women that I work with end up coming back reporting low energy, mood issues, feeling out of control in their bodies, feeling yucky. And at this point, I typically encourage people to stick with it. A, because there tends to be some more untangling to do. And B, because we do tend to start to find a place of balance between yeses and nos slowly over time. It softens. But what the last few months have shown me is that we can go deeper here. We can go even deeper, that we can make a more meaningful reconnection between brain and body. 
where intuition isn't just doing what we feel, but having the ability to evaluate those feelings, where they're coming from, and learn from our bodies. So what I mean by this is when people first come to me, typically, they're completely disconnected from their body and they're totally in their head. Their head that has been diet culture trained and restriction trained and overly weight focused, and they have a very difficult time nourishing themselves. Through the intuitive eating process, we learn how to turn the volume down on the mind so that we can reconnect to the body, so we can find those yeses. But then we have to reintegrate brain and body. And, and what I have seen, what I'm trying to express here is that I don't think that, I think there's been fear and resistance around bringing our brain back into it at the level I think it needs to be there. And I'll talk more about this in coming weeks. Um, but you know, that example that I gave earlier in the episode around wine is a great one. Like sometimes in the moment, I'm all for that second or third glass of wine. But if I engage my mind, I know that I don't want to have a headache the next day. I don't want to feel tired in the morning. I don't want to whatever, right? So this is an example of my body being like all up for it in the moment. Another quick example um, would be, you know, my body is very happy to receive chocolate almost any time of day or night. And I've had to spend time getting to know my body on a deeper level to figure out like, I'm, of course, I still love chocolate. I eat it all the time, but I'm getting better at knowing when it's going to kill my energy and, and, you know, um, instant gratification is going to lead to long-term dissatisfaction in the way that I feel. And so I'm reintegrating brain and body on a deeper level. So what this actually means, like what I'm actually talking about is learning how to say no again from the right place for the right reasons. And while this is absolutely part of the original intuitive eating model, in my opinion, there isn't a strong enough framework for it. And in my opinion, I don't know that there are people, practitioners who explore this deeply, A, because from a social movement perspective, it feels like you're going to get hated on for even suggesting that people might need to say no to things, that you're going to be encouraging dieting, dieting or restriction, which I am not. I feel very deeply nourished and well-fed. I feel energetic, better than I felt in months. I am not under eating. I am not focused on my weight. Although I feel better in my body than I have for a very long time. So there's that. And then I think other people haven't done it because it's scary and you have to evolve in your own relationship with body, you know, in order to get there. And I think you need someone to lead you through it. And so this is why I believe people stay stuck in that place of like, kind of getting there, but not quite. It's why I created Healthy-ish so that we can have this conversation. A conversation that includes actually learning how to say no again, when it's the right thing for your body longer term, regardless of what urge might be popping up in the moment, while still owning your yeses. 
and knowing that you can have whatever you want at any given moment, that you're an adult and you will always be able to make these choices as long as you're willing to accept the consequences. You know, ice cream feels terrible in my body. I know that. I eat it sometimes, you know, but I'm getting better at being able to say yes when I, when I really want it and I'm willing to accept the consequences of it. And I'm getting really good at saying no when I really don't want it. And not feeling like I'm being deprived or restricted. It's not deprivation if it actually feels good to me overall, right? And then having the flexibility, this is really key. And I'm going to talk more about this um, a little bit later in this episode, but having the flexibility to move back and forth between yeses and nos. Because again, most often what I see is people getting off the big roller coasters of restriction and binge eating only to end up on a slightly smaller, like mini kid roller coaster of a similar flavor with, with still like some deep feelings of not being in control. So they're on like a little roller coaster light. I think it's also important and valid to recognize and have the conversation about the fact that there are things that interfere with our ability to connect with what our body wants. The reality is that most of our high stress lives make it very difficult to connect with 100% pure intuition. And so we need to be able to use our brains to help make some decisions for us. And we can constantly course correct and we can constantly shift. We don't need to, you know, set a plan in motion and never deviate. But being able to engage our brains to make some decisions is very helpful. And so this is what the healthiest reset is going to be all about. It's not about restriction for weight loss, but it is about learning how to say no when the time is right and learning how to say yes without feeling like everything's falling apart and being willing to explore what might be getting in the way of our intuitive selves. Okay. So those are, that's huge. Like that's all the notes that I made from my holiday about what I was learning. And again, so interestingly, that that full moon was all about discipline, creating freedom, because that is what I have found that reconnecting to discipline and rebalancing permission and discipline in, an, in a new, deeper way is creating so much more freedom. I also at the full moon checked in with myself again, as per my original action list for the month and asked, you know, what's working and what's not, what was working on that full moon on August 1st was rest. I was getting so much rest, so much outdoor time, calmness, having some difficult conversations when they needed to be had. It, it felt so good. Biking down to the ocean. What was not working? What was not working? I realized was not working enough. Like if I want more abundance, I need to get back on the work the work bandwidth. And so what's really interesting is that around the full moon, we're supposed to tap into, you know, reflecting on our initial intention. And if there's any honing that we need to do, if there's any fine tuning. And so for me, what came up was I want to hone my work effort. I want to do it in the right way, but I'm just really excited to explore, explore discipline and freedom with my work now that I found it in my body and my schedule, 
you know, I, I, I just want to stick with it. I feel like I've created more simplicity in my life. I've really cut out all the things that are not working in my business, not working in my life. I have more free time than ever before. And I, I just started to get this feeling back, you know, of like, I'm ready. I'm really ready to get back at this. Okay. So then August 8th was the waning quarter. And the waning quarter is when the moon um, appears to start getting smaller and we go back down to half a moon again, a perfect half moon. The waning quarter happened on August 8th. We just got home. So we traveled all day. Uh, it was a very hectic, kind of stressful trip back because we were driving. It turned into a huge rainstorm. And one of our windshield wipers on the driver's side, of course, was like wonky. So, you know, it was a bit of an adventure. Um, but we got back and right away, there was this big trigger around weight and health um, that I don't really want to get into because it involves other people, you know, other people's story that I don't really want to share. But it was about this idea of, um, you know, someone that I know getting better, getting healthier as far as their mental health and their physical health goes, but they put a weight, a bit of weight on in the process. And there was a big conversation about that. And it really triggered me. And then the broken car, like the windshield wiper and the, the realization that we probably need to get a new car soon. Like it just started, it felt like, oh, this like, um, big storm or swirl of like triggers. And some of that was just getting home and transitioning back to regular life. But the waning quarter encourages us to ruthlessly let go of the things that are not serving us. And so on that day, I really committed to letting go of anything that's causing complication in my life and in my business. And so I brainstormed on it and it was like really, um, it got very, very granular, like all the subscriptions that I have to cancel and programs and software in my business that I don't use and isn't really working. And, um, even, you know, ideas that are still lingering in my brain around food and weight and health. Like there's more of that, that I want to let go of. That's complicating things, busy work, um, negative outlooks on certain things. Like it just, it, you know, over and over again, I was just writing. I want to simplify. I want to simplify my business model and the software. I want to simplify my wardrobe. Like I was in my bedroom when we got back and my, I really like to keep a small tight wardrobe and it's just grown over the past few years and it's busting out of my drawers. And so I am going to simplify. I want to simplify my wardrobe. I want to simplify my beauty routines and my spending and my spiritual practice. And again, it's so interesting how things pop up because that very, oh no, sorry, not that day, but two days later, I got an email from Danielle Laporte. Um, and it was writing all about this idea that simplification is a spiritual process and looking at our spiritual practices and even simplifying those, like, what am I doing to connect to my spirituality? And is it too complicated? And I realized there was all these things that I was doing that was just like busy work. Simplification is a spiritual practice. Um, and I just had this big realization that my life is actually pretty simple right now. I asked for it. I wanted it. I created it. And now I have this like blank canvas to work with. And a lot of the discomfort that I was feeling around this time was like, I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> like, 
And I do, I do know what I want to do with it because I'm getting ready. I'm, I'm like getting down to brass tacks to get to work on this reset and some other things that I want to offer. But there's just like this discomfort with coming back into my home, into my workspace and having less to do. Like, I don't know what to do with myself. And Lisa Lavoie, who's been on the podcast, who is an amazing human design expert and a naturopath, talked to me a lot last year about the fact that as a projector, I'm going to have to do some deep work to get comfortable with space and simplicity. And so I have simplicity. And the things that overcomplicate my simplicity are when I start to self-sabotage and get in the way. And so um, I decided to also deepen into that a little bit and go back to, I don't know if any of you read the, if you read the book Essentialism by Greg McEwen. Um, I didn't have time to reread the book, but I just pulled up a podcast and I re-listened to it. And it was so funny because the first thing he talked about was wardrobe, which was very interesting. Um, the second thing, no, not the first thing, sorry. The first example that came up was around wardrobe, like simplifying our wardrobes and the fact that, um, you know, he works with people sometimes that have their wardrobes organized by decade, decades of clothing that they never wear, that they just keep. And uh, so it was really funny because that was one of the first tangible things that came to my like my mind of things that I could simplify was my wardrobe. One of the other examples or one of the other things that was discussed in that episode um, was this idea of making one decision that eliminates a thousand other decisions. And the kind of extreme example that Greg gave was his decision to give up sugar for a year. And he talked about the fact that he his belief, and I don't totally agree with this, so just stick with me for a minute here. His belief is that people don't do well with moderation. And so for him, cutting out sugar and just saying, I don't eat sugar, or like for some people, it's I don't drink alcohol, or for some people, it's I never miss a day of walking or whatever it is. It eliminates a thousand other decisions like, well, do you have it on the birthday or do you have it, you know, if go back to the sugar example, well, do you eat it on the weekend? Well, do you eat it at this special lunch or do you eat it, you know, like, and so part of that, I agree with part of it. I think our brains do like absolutes. I think our brains really love absolutes, black or white thinking, um, all or nothing solutions. But the thing is, is that when it comes to food in particular, and I think that this applies to lots of things, but I'm just going to speak to food because that's what I know. All or nothing doesn't work either. <laughs> like, like people really struggle with full permission, but they also struggle with full nose. Like that doesn't work either. If it, if it did, dieting would work. Right. And so it was just this interesting thing to listen to because part of the healthiest reset that's going to be so fun to explore is how do we create structure that eliminates thousands of decisions? How do we create some structure for ourselves just for a few weeks as we get to know ourselves again? And as we try to, to you know, get on side with our bodies in a new way. But then how do we also build in flexibility because as human beings we need it and if we don't learn to have a flexible structure everything will forever be falling apart right it's like um it's just coming to me right now I don't know if I've talked about it on the, the podcast before but 
I was really into Barbara Coloroso books, parenting books when I had really young kids and babies. And she talked about the different kinds of parents and there's like the brick wall parents, right? They have their rules, they're unbending, there's no exception, there's no nuance, my way or the highway doesn't go great. Then there's the jellyfish parents, typically who had brick wall parents growing up. <laughs> and the jellyfish parents have no rules and no boundaries and no structure and no expectations and no whatever. And that doesn't tend to go great for kids either. And then she talks about, I can't remember how she says it, but like, it's like the image is like a spinal column where there's this flexible framework where there's boundaries and limits and some parameters within which we actually find freedom in a way that feels safe and clear. And so that's what the healthiest reset is all about. It's about maybe not, you know, nailing it, but starting to explore what parameters and flexible framework you need, how to be flexible in it. We need to figure it out. And then it's only designed to play with for, you know, like, a, like I said, like a three week period, but then it will lead into like, what would this look like long-term? And that'll be built into the reset as well. But again, I just found it so interesting that, that this has coming up in all these different areas at all these different points in the cycle, in all these different ways. It's, it's really this, this exploration of discipline and freedom. And maybe we don't do well with just moderation, but we do need some flexibility. We do need to find a way to be a little bit flexible for, for, you know, in an ongoing, on an ongoing way. Most people need that. Um, okay. And so now we're back at the dark moon and, you know, um, things just feel really good. You know, I'm just reflecting on the experiences that I want to have before the end of the summer. Um, I want a date night or two with my husband. I want some solo time with my kids. I want to be in the lake as much as possible. Uh, I want to be out and about. I, I went to yoga for the first time. I think the second class that I've done in person since COVID hit, it felt so good. Like I just want to be on my bike. I want to be out and about downtown. And I did a little meditation yesterday in this dark moon period and what came up in the meditation, you know, it was like, what do I most need right now? What do I most need? And it, it just kept coming up like releasing, releasing, emotional releasing. Uh, and then I did a tarot pull and I pulled three cards and I asked, what the fuck is happening? What do I need to do about it? And what can I expect? If I do what I'm supposed to do, what can I expect? And it was interesting because the what the fuck is happening the queen of swords reversed was pulled and that's all about letting emotions get the best of you. And so again, coming back to these big lessons, right? Life is actually quite simple and beautiful. And my only job is to like, let it be simple and tap back into the energies of work that I want to get into and just like not let my emotions get the best of me. What do I need to do? The card that was pulled was about, it was the three of cups and it was about celebrating and collaborating and just having fun, which really just, again, validated the experiences that I want to have for the rest of summer that just all tied together really beautifully. And then what can I expect if, if I do what I'm supposed to do 
if I release those emotions, if I manage them, if I celebrate, if I collaborate, if I have fun. And the card that I pulled was the two of pentacles. And, you know, that card can, can mean a lot of busyness and having to balance many, many things. But to me, what it read as was, was, uh, abundance, the kind of busyness that I want to bring into my life and, and being able to balance it. So moving into this new moon, I'll reiterate again when I do the, the update next month, but my intention is to get to work, to continue to tap into discipline for more freedom, simplifying more and more things in my life so that I have room to expand ex exponentially. Um, and just releasing emotions that get in the way. Uh, yeah. And so I'm just working on my action list for this month. I'll share that next month when I get into it. But anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope you enjoyed this introduction to the, the conversation and the exploration around this reset and permission and discipline and doing it from, you know, a really good place of just wanting to feel my best in my body and wanting to help you feel your best in your body. Okay. Have a great, have a great, uh, I was going to say month, but I think I'll be back before the month is up. I'm planning to come back with a little fall series as we lead into the reset. Uh, but I'm still not sure about all that. So I'll, I'll make sure to share the details as soon as I can until next time. Have a really good day.